listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage podcast, the podcast designed to help you save and restore your marriage, even if you're saving it from the very beginning, but especially if you're restoring it because it's gotten into trouble. There's so many times when marriages get into trouble and they just don't know what to do and how to turn. And many times that process starts with just one person wanting to do something different. And what do we typically do these days when we want to figure out our next step? If you're like me, if you're like most people, you go straight to the internet. In fact, you're probably listening to this with some connection to the internet, whether you're listening on the website or listening to the feed that comes from our website, you're connected to the web as you're finding this information. So it proves my point that that's where we go for information. The problem is we are in a culture that is awash with information. There's so much information that's around us that it's almost hard for us to figure out how to move through that. And if you go and you look for information on how to save your marriage, you're going to find a plethora of approaches, many, many approaches. And here's what often happens. When we have lots of options, we choose no option. The other option is that when we're, there are lots of options, we just try everything. You know, it's kind of like going to the buffet. I've noticed that people have a similar response. Now, let's be clear. This is pre-COVID because we might have lost seeing many of these buffets. But if you remember kind of going up to the buffet at the restaurant, you know, it's got a whole row of everything you could possibly want. And you notice there are a couple of people. There are those who just stand there kind of overwhelmed, not even sure where to start. And then you see other people who just dig in and get everything to the point that they are eating in unhealthy ways. Then there are those who go, okay, I'm going to find what makes sense to me. I'm going to find what fits for me in my diet, and I'm going to just focus on that. I'm more concerned about those who are either overwhelmed with all the information and therefore do nothing or overwhelmed with the information and try to do everything. So back to the internet and back to your search for information. You might also do the same thing at a bookstore. You wander back and you find the self-help section and you go to the relationship section and you start looking and there are so many books on how to help your marriage. Now, At the bookstore, you're not likely to find as many on how to save your marriage working by yourself, but you'll certainly find lots on how to improve your relationship. On the internet, you find a much wider range. So part of the process of figuring out what to do with that is you've got to find some filters for the process. Let's say you find a website and you're kind of interested in it and it looks pretty good. Let me suggest that you look at a couple of different facts that you can quickly or should quickly be able to establish about that site. First of all, look at who is behind it. And part of the reason is because the content needs to be created by that person. This is a rough truth of the internet. There are lots of people who are out there who pay somebody to create something that they can then sell on the internet. 
Now, this has been going on long before the Internet, but it is certainly more evident on the Internet. I recently had a conversation with someone who had a website, and I looked at the information, and I said, you know, where did you get this information? And he finally admitted that he had somebody who was a ghostwriter who had gone to the library and picked up a couple of books and just kind of wrote it and made some stuff up. I mean, I, I hate to even say that, but I say that to warn you that you want to make sure that you're looking at good information. So here are the criteria that I would suggest you look for. First of all, the person who is presenting the information, what is their training? Now, if they have no training and they're just saying, you know, this is from my experience, step away from that. It's kind of like going to get medical advice. You know, you go to a party and there's a doctor there and there's somebody who has had that problem before. You might be interested in the experience of the person who had it before, but who do you want to give you some real advice, something that you would follow. It's likely the doctor. The same if you go to the gym. Are you going to listen to someone's beside you or are you going to listen to a trainer who has some training in the idiosyncrasies? Because here is the thing that a lot of people miss. There are some underlying dynamics that are true across all relationships. But it doesn't mean that somebody who has had an experience has figured out those dynamics. There are a number of people who have talked about their own experience saving their relationship as the hallmark of how to do it, except for they never get to the dynamics that unite all the relationships. And so the advice they're giving is just how they did it. That can be a dangerous thing. So the first thing you want to do is be clear about their training. Are they trained to give you the advice in the area you need it? This is not just true about your relationship. I would consider this to be true about any information you're getting, whether it's about diet or exercise or anything else on the Internet, your health, whatever, how to take care of your car, you know, whatever it is. You want somebody who has uh, the training behind it to tell you across the board what applies. You want to understand the dynamics, not the, their idiosyncrasies. So the first thing is training. Do they have formal training? Have they gone to school and been trained to do what they're talking about? The second thing is what is their experience? Because just because somebody's been to school doesn't mean that they have seen a lot of cases. Let's go with this whole idea of marriages. So a lot of people go to school and train to be a therapist, but that doesn't make them a marital therapist. What makes them a marital therapist, unfortunately, many times in the world is they started seeing couples. They didn't get trained to see couples. They might get some experience along the way, but many times they're approaching it as if they're talking with an individual. And it's a whole different mindset. So what is their experience? How long have they been doing what they're doing? What is their success rate? How well do they do what they're doing? They should be able to tell you about that on their website. There should be a place where they're introducing themselves and telling you their training and their experience. And the third thing, which is sometimes a little more difficult to get to, is the approach. For instance, my work started three decades ago. I've been working with couples for three decades. I got my uh, two masters and my PhD all about helping couples and individuals to turn their lives around. Along the way, I figured out some ways 
of helping people who are stuck. And I try that out. So that's my experience. That's my training. Now, my approach is based on two things, change and connection. Changing the relationship, changing yourself and connecting because attachment theory is the heart of work in relationships. So connection is what rebuilds. So now you know my approach is about connection and change. How you can reconnect, how you can change, and how you can begin to work to change the relationship. I actually have it as three C's. Connect with your spouse, change yourself, and create a new path, which is changing the path your relationship is on, but to create a new path because you haven't been going down one that's worked. I'm very transparent about these facts. This is, I think, episode 359 of my podcasts. So for over 359 times, because I also have some special episodes, I've been telling you exactly what I do and how I do it. I try to be as transparent as I can be about how I approach this to make sure that it fits for you. Here's why. Let's say that you say this person has the training that seems like they would put them in a good place. They seem to have the experience But when I read their approach, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't fit for me. I'm not willing to follow it. You need to understand that because if somebody is giving you an approach you're not going to follow, you're not likely to follow through and get any good success from that. Those three pieces have to fit for you. You have to understand the training they've had, the experience they have, and what approach they use in order to get you there. And because of that, today I want to tell you about two approaches that I find to be particularly problematic and particularly widespread on the internet. The first one is reverse psychology. This is coached in lots of different ways, but it's basically how to get somebody to do something they don't want to do by telling them the opposite. Now, you probably are aware of this from parenting, trying to get your child to eat the green peas, where you say, whatever you do, don't eat those green peas. Whatever you do, don't take a bite of this carrot. Whatever you do, don't wash your hands. Whatever you do, don't brush your teeth, knowing that they're going to do it just to prove that you don't get to say so, right? So that's reverse psychology. Reverse psychology is telling someone the opposite of what you want them to do so that they will do the opposite of what you tell them to do, which will then be what you want them to do. It works great with a three-year-old because three-year-olds are rebellious little souls that are ready to prove that they are on their own. It doesn't work so great with adults. Sometimes it does have a slight effect. In other words, the person looks at you a little surprised because that wasn't what they were expecting. So let's say we use it for divorce. Someone comes in and says, okay, I've had it. I'm leaving. I want a divorce. And you say, oh, of course, I understand that. Why don't you get a divorce? So for a moment, they're a little confused. They thought you might even put up a fight, but you don't. You agree with them. Trying to use reverse psychology where they say, oh, no, no, I don't want a divorce. I really want to work on the relationship. Now, for a moment, they might be in a little bit of a shock. That shock will be quickly followed up with, oh, well, I guess we're in agreement. There is nothing here then. So reverse psychology works 
in a very limited number of places. Research shows that it works interestingly well on children short term. I mean, if you keep using that every night, telling your child not to eat the peas, one day they're going to realize that you really want them to eat the peas and they're eating the peas. And then they start being suspicious because it's a dishonest approach. At its core, you're being dishonest. It works great with peas or carrots or something like that. But something big like divorce, it's not going to hold together with an adult. Most of us can see reverse psychology coming a mile away. And so we deflect it. So when you find those places on the Internet that feel like there's some manipulation to it, I want you to be clear about this. What that person is telling you to be is manipulative in a relationship that should be based on trust and respect and love. And instead, you're basing it on trickery and fooling them and making them do something they don't want to do by the way you communicate. That's different than learning some communication skills to connect better. It's learning manipulation skills to get them to do what you want. One of the things I'm very clear about uh, when clients come to me is you can't get, make, or cause your spouse to do anything they don't want to do. In fact, when people say, well, how do I get my spouse to do something? My response is to say, back slowly away from that. It's not about getting them to do something. It could be about inviting them into the process and showing them that things can be different. And working to improve the structure, but it's not about getting them to do something. That's a very quick downhill run to the bottom because it's manipulative. You certainly can't make anybody do anything. As an adult, your spouse can make their own choices. And you've got to remind yourself of that because when people say, how can I make my spouse see that I love them? I I understand the notion But I would encourage them to be functioning more on how can I be loving? How can I create an atmosphere of love? How can I create an atmosphere of connection and respect? That'll get you a lot further. The problem with reverse psychology, in a nutshell, is it's based on verbal manipulation. It's based on the idea that your spouse is so uh, childlike that they won't notice that you're trying to get them back to where you want them to be. And even if you get a surprise look on their face for a moment, you'll quickly find that you have just agreed to exactly the opposite of what you want. That's built into reverse psychology. You're now moving in the exact opposite that you want. And so the reverse actually ends up being on you. Okay. So the other one that I hear about very often is called the no contact rule. I don't know where it began. I've looked into this and tried to research it. But the no contact rule is basically this. When your spouse or significant other says, hey, you know, I don't think this is working and I need a little space, you give them space. In fact, you give them 30 days of space. That's the no contact rule. Zero contact for 30 days. And during that time, the idea is that your spouse begins to grow so jealous, so confused about what's happening and how you're treating them that they come crawling back to the relationship. If you believe the write-up on such a website, that's the effect. They will come crawling back begging to be connected to you. That's the idea. 
Here's the reality. Relationships are in trouble because of disconnection. Marriages are suffering because of disconnection. So all you're doing in that process is furthering the disconnection. Some time ago, I had somebody who came to me and they were completely baffled. And they said, your system didn't work. And I wanted to hear more. I always want the feedback from people. And I said, oh, tell me what happened. And they said, well, you know, I was using your system and we were doing some connecting. And really, I thought things were turning around. And so I decided I need to take the next step. And so I instituted the no contact rule. And I said, the what? And they said, I instituted the no contact rule. And I said, did you ever hear me say to do that. And they said, no, I found it on the website and it seemed like it was the next thing to do because I had created some connection. So now it was time to do the no contact rule. And I said, it wasn't my system that failed. You wrecked the connection that you had spent the time building because you turned back to manipulation. You see, no contact in a place where it's by rule is also manipulation what they're trying to do is make the person jealous so they'll come crawling back, begging to be in the relationship. That's manipulation. So there may be a very slim group in the population that that works for. And generally what I've noticed when it does work, it's because there is an individual issue with that person. They have a psychological issue. And that issue is so dependent on the relationship that they have to find a way back in. It's very rare that it works. So what ends up happening is you decide to set up an arbitrary rule that you will have no contact with this person, at which point the person goes, they must not want to be in relationship with me because now we're in agreement. So this person who contacted me because my system didn't work, because they had reverted to the no contact rule, told me that when they finally, at the end of 30 days, contacted their spouse, their spouse said, oh, I thought you had agreed and I thought we were on the same wavelength. I've already filed. You should be getting the paperwork any day now. The person was devastated, but it had nothing to do with the system that talks about connection and everything to do with the fact that she had completely reversed gears away from the relationship. Now, this was years ago when I was a teenager, and uh, you can't do it as well in cars anymore because they have pre- uh, the little mechanisms to keep this from happening. But my brother was going down uh, the church drive and forward, and he threw it into reverse. I'm not quite sure why, but he threw it into reverse, and it dropped the transmission. That's generally what happens when we're going full speed forward and we suddenly throw it in reverse in the relationship. That's what no contact rule does. Throw it in reverse and down comes the relationship. It finishes it off. Then it's just spinning. The no contact rule is designed for jealousy, but what it does is foster disconnection. I mean, that's basically what no contact is about, right? Not having connection. Relationships are fostered by connection. When connection fails, the relationship fails. When connection is restored, the relationship can come back to life. So that is part of why you need to be careful about the information on the internet. Have I just named all of the problems? No. But those are two big ones that seem to pop up repeatedly and that I see clients of mine having tripped over repeatedly. 
So if you see something that is trying to use reverse psychology, remember it's manipulation. If you see somebody abdicate or uh, suggesting that you use a no contact rule, know that that's abdicating connection. So they're advocating that is actually running in the face of what your relationship really needs, which is nurturing and care and change and connection. Now, does that mean that my system is the right choice for you? No. I can tell you that I do have the training. I do have the experience, and I'm very clear about my approach with you. If you'd like to try it out, I would love for you to learn more about how to rebuild the connection and how to work on the change by checking out my system. You can go there and find it at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. And even to make it easier for you, after you get the system, I'm going to make an offer to you for you to try out my VIP virtual coaching program for a week for free. Try the tools there. I have extra tools and training. It's, it's basically going from white belt to blue belt if you're familiar with jiu-jitsu. It's the next step, right? It, it really powers you through and gets you to a much more efficient way. You don't have to do it. You don't have to take it. Plenty of people use my system successfully, never using anything else that I've created. But if you need more, it's there. You just have to say yes. Also, just to make sure you get a really good start, I'd like to offer you a free get started session with one of my coaches. It's a short session just to make sure that you're on target with how you need to move forward. No obligation to it. All you have to do is go to your download page, hit the uh, coach button there and fill out some information and a coach will be in contact with you to get that set up. Now, I can't promise that's always available. Sometimes one program or all of my coaches are full And I can't quite do that. We just turn it off at that point. But if you go and you find it available, please take advantage of those two pieces to give you everything you need. If you've got questions about the program, do some research on me. Look into me. Look into my books. Look into my podcast. I've got so much information. I try to be transparent. Find it out. Learn more. And then I suggest you give it a try. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.